Good morning and namaste and welcome everybody to this edition of Meet Your Qualitist. We've been doing this for the last two, three months, bringing, showcasing the our qualitists for the month. You know, we started this entire movement two years ago, Quimpro Foundation, in the uh, footsteps of Dr. Juran. Dr. Juran, of course, a uh, pioneer in the field of quality. In fact, I would go ahead and say he's one of the inventors of the field. And uh, if not just a contributor, among the innumerable books that he wrote and edited, well, I think one of the best that he did, one of the last ones that he did was a History of Managing for Quality, which was, I believe, released in 1995-96, which he collaborated with authors all over the world, trying to show the evolution of quality in different parts of the world. Just to make a note here, from our country, it was obviously Mr. Suresh Lula who uh, wrote the section on India. At the end of the book, uh, over there, in fact, in the preface and in the just towards the end, Dr. Juran mentions the creation of, of a new term which describes us as quality professionals, a quality. So, Mr. Suresh Nula, of course, decided to take this forward, this whole thing, and make it a movement in India. And uh, we started issuing the, the titles based on, you know, uh, you could apply for this. And there's a panel of very esteemed uh, members that uh, goes through the entire resumes of people and then we accord certain levels of qualitist and of course the highest is three and then there's two and there's one. So anyway, so every month for the last couple of months, we've been interviewing our qualitists. We had Dr. Parag Riddhani first, right? And now this, this month here, we have a qualitist for the month, Mr. Shailesh Kodekar. And Mr. Shailesh Kodekar, of course, has uh, been in the quality field for uh, 26 long years and one of contribution he started from a conventional quality control and then graduated to consumer quality. Now that's huge. He's of course, right now, global corporate quality head for one of the most uh, uh, respected companies in India, Marico. Now who doesn't know about Marico? Okay, they're leading uh, multinational in beauty and wellness and many of their brands like Parachute, Sephora, Hair and Care and Revive. Now, throughout his career, he read in, he's led in the creation and development of quality systems and processes, not just inside the company, but the entire value chain. And this has resulted in a robust and a quality-focused environment at Marico. In fact, his entire focus to drive consumer-driven quality has made the brands itself a mark of quality and purity. Throughout his role that he has nurtured, He's built an embedded quality consciousness in the organization and uh, they've been uh, awarded. In fact, he has been awarded thrice the Indian Merchants Team RBNQA, that's Ramakrishna Bajaj National Quality Award Certificate of Excellence. And he's been honored with innovative leadership and quality. In fact, also the other titles he's been given, he's been including 50 of the most impactful quality professionals, the best end-to-end -end customer solution. He's also a certified global performance excellence assessor by the International Asia-Pacific Asia Quality Organization. Uh, when you're talking about his life purpose of giving back to society, he's been supporting uh, Cancer Patient Aid Association for the last 11 years. And recently, he's been recognized for his contribution by the World Health Organization and Ministry of Health and Affairs in India. So, Namaste, Gorekar Sahib. It is wonderful to see you here. We are very honored. Uh, and we've been doing this and it's been giving us, you know, the, this privilege of meeting and speaking with people like you. So without much ado, I think Anshuman, you can take it away. Let's uh, start our conversation with Mr. Gorekar. 
Sure. Shailesh, of course, thanks once again. We, like uh, Balaji mentioned, we have been trying to do these shows for some time. The objective, of course, is to make sure that the profession of quality sees its heroes in new light. And you are, of course, a shining light for us. So my first question as we get into this show, and Balaji and I will alternate these questions, is more about you as to how did you get into the field of quality? Uh, quality is not a field that if anybody just walks into. Usually our entry points are different. My entry point, Balaji's entry point, and many others' entry points might be different. And uh, it's very fascinating often to hear how people got into quality. Some stumble into quality, some crawl, some run, some jump. So your story first. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Balaji. And thank you, Anshuman, uh, for inviting me on this show. I think after coming out from the college, uh, I got my first uh, interview call with Bombay Oil Industries Limited, which is now Marico Limited right now. And I happened to, and that time I happened to get that Indian letter basically from the post. And I went to the basically the office you know, to give the interview. And after the series of the basically some questions, okay, I was given a parachute bottle. I was kept in front of me. And basically they asked me, what do you see? Do you see any uh, defects? Do you see anything different in this bottle? And this was the first time I was seeing a bottle because early 20s, okay, oiling was, I used to never do a oiling and a parachute bottle was in front of me. I just took the bottle. And I happened to see that are some of the defects. So, okay, I see this is not good. Sprinting is not good. And after the series of question, I was selected for the role. And that's where I get uh, went into the quality, into Bombay Oil Industries Limited. And my journey basically in this quality field uh, reflects basically an uncommon journey of a growth, basically from a conventional quality control to a consumer quality. And I think uh, throughout this journey, one mantra which I've always followed Okay, was to co-create, to involve all your stakeholders, including your business partners, in designing and deploying quality management system. And whatever you do, keep it simple and very easy to understand. I think that was a mantra which I've always followed it. And also as market dynamics were changing and consumer expectations were evolving, Marico um, also kept uh, pace with this quality enhancement journey so as to continuously build the value for our consumers and so as to have a competitive edge. And uh, as I, my journey reflects, there were three phases which I can uh, relate it. The phase one was in 1990s phase and that was more on a phase of a inspection quality. And I think the entire objective was to strengthen the basics because I strongly believe that if your foundation is strong, okay, definitely you have to rest on a good foundation and then things will build up on that. The second phase was basically the integration of this quality management system. I think that was a, a second phase. And what we did in Marico basically was we sustained it, the phase one, we sustained it. And then we went to the phase two. And that was where we integrated the entire quality management system. And we designed our own module called SQSearch and MMEM, that is Marico Excellence Model. And the beauty of the entire thing was basically this entire thing was co-created. And we went to the shop floor, okay? We went to the shop floor, to the workman, because the, finally the workman has to understand what is the meaning of quality. And in the, as I said, the objective was consumer-driven excellence was to be in our processes. And I think the third phase is the phase where we adopted the business excellence framework. And that was the MBM, the Marico Business Excellence Model. And this was a phase 
where the focus was more on processes and results and integration of the global standards. And I think throughout the journey, I think one thing was very important that keeping the end consumers in the mind. And today's new norm is uh, invent the future with customers, with consumers, and forward consumers is the future of your strategy. Wow. That, that was wonderful sir, to see this, this journey of yours and the way you explained the phases. I think many of us would have connected with that. When we just began the show, I don't know whether we are listening in, but you're talking about the, you know, the creation of the term qualitist. Now, we said that this was coined by Dr. Juran and of course our very own Dr. Juran in India is uh, uh, Suresh Lula, sir. So when this title was conferred upon, you know, qualitist, what, what, what do you think, what crossed your mind, you know, when you were given the title qualitist, what is a qualitist according to you? What, what are the attributes and how would qualitist, uh, you know, make a difference and impact uh, wherever uh, he or she is, okay, and sort of threatening this role? But what is your view on this word and the attributes that you need to have? Thanks, Balaji. I think very important for me, the qualities has to be real, relatable, has to be respectful and responsible. I think that's the basic trait which a qualities should definitely have. Second most important thing is qualities should be driven by the, he should be driven by a purpose with a clear vision. And that vision should be, qualities should be an epicenter of a business growth. And I'm talking of a business growth and shall have a competitive advantage. I think that should be very clear for a qualitist. Third, I personally believe that qualities should have an agile mindset. We should have an agile mindset and have a courage to come out of the comfort zone or bring others out of the comfort zone, challenge the assumptions and address the problems and opportunity for improvement. I think this is very important. The agile mindset is very important. Fourth, I personally feel that qualities should step out of his own function and look issues from the organization perspective. Even though he may not have the expertise in certain areas, okay, he can always question. He can always question which can spark some new ideas. I think fourth is very important. He should be always, the quality should always be open and listen to the voice of the stakeholders in the value chain, which includes your customers, and then appropriately design your quality processes, if need be. And today's reality is that we are in the state of constant change. We are in a dynamic ecosystem where problems will continue to evolve. And I think qualities should continuously adopt to this, to resolve these challenges. And I think I believe that what is happening today due to globalization, digitalization and demographic shifts, future is arriving faster than we think. It is in, our, in, in almost every field most of the industries are getting disrupted due to commodization of information. And I think qualities can play a very important role. He should be an enterprise leader who can both perform and transform an organization. Wow, I mean, that was huge. I think the first very thing that you mentioned, you know, the metaphysical attributes should be respectful and, you know, it should be a listener. I think, I think that, that's important because the other things could be skills you know, that, that could be acquired, but these are things that you need to have with you. I think that that was wonderful, especially to have that holistic view. I think that that's, that's really, that's one of the main things you spoke of, right? Wow. That was a lovely answer. Yeah. Anshuman, what do you say? What do you say? Oh, no, always, you know, this is, um, we know of course, LS very well. So these are, these are, this is what is the benchmark he has set, right? But we are delighted that we can bring his message and his experience to more 
a number of people and I'm sure there are aspiring politicians in the audience and people who will watch the show later on as well. So this show, of course, is not just for the live audience. Uh, by uh, staying on LinkedIn and YouTube, it is later on available to uh, more aspiring politicians as well. So your message is welcome, Shailesh. Thank you very much. The Just a little connected to uh, maybe the politics question and, and Balaji did bring up Mr. Lula's reference in this. Just an aside question, how did you happen to kind of come in contact with Kimpro and Mr. Lula and how did this, that story, I mean, that any, I'm yeah. sure every, all of us have everybody helped. What is your story around this? Yeah, Anshuman, I, in fact, I think Lula sir, I think played a very, very important role and Kimpro basically in shaping up medical quality. And it was in 1990s, and I still remember, I think, in 1992, okay, we, we just approached Lula Sir. And that was the time where this Juran Quality Improvement Projects with Lula Sir and our team, okay, partnered with this Juran Quality Improvement Projects. And we had a series of quality improvement projects. And I still remember one of the projects which was re reducing, eliminating oil smear on a parachute bottle. And this was a project which was taken along with Lula Sir. And, and that was a huge learning, okay? As, as I always believe, listening to Lula Sen is always a music. The way he brings new concepts, the way he integrates quality, okay, into into your, into your systems and processes. I think uh, that was the journey we started with Lula Sir, Pro, and we had a series of quality improvement uh, projects. And then later on, it built up with Pro. We had a series of training programs from Lula Sir. And I think one of the training programs we have is this problem-solving tools, basically. And I, and I personally owe a lot to Kumpro and for shipping of this medical journey where we are today. I will take the next question and, you know, we've always wanted to ask, you know, of course, for, for the industry you are in, quality is actually very, very essential. So, you know, many of Marico's products now are in the food area. All of them are, you know, consumable in some way, starting from oil as well. And so therefore, the need for quality is actually inbuilt into the product itself. If the product is not of good quality, it can actually harm people as well. And I'm sure, you know, America has built this reputation of a very quality conscious company because its products have consistently met the, met the standards. But a little deep dive into, and you did reference a little bit in your opening comments, but a deeper dive into how does America keep improving its standards? So, one thing about quality is that it is not static. It's what is today is not going to remain the quality level tomorrow or next year. So how does Marico keep its standards current and uh, always improving? So if you can share that a uh, little bit. Yeah, Anshuvan, uh, rightly what you said, I think at the end of the day, what matters to the consumer is the experience which the customer gets is or the consumer gets it. And I always believe uh, that an organization exists with the business ecosystem. And this ecosystem is partners, suppliers, your customers. So it is very important that you bring in synergy with all and ensure that the quality systems and processes are designed and deployed across the value chain. I think that's the first fundamental. And it is very important. It is designed and deployed across this value chain. I think that's a starting point. The second is I, I firmly believe this customer focus excellence. Because finally our consumers are the ultimate judge of our performance and the quality of our product and services. Consumers form opinion on the quality of the product and services which they get it. And this is dynamic. Huh? One opinion 
okay, one bad experience or two bad experience, they will just shift. They will not bother to look at your brand. So I think it is very important that you build quality in design. And I firmly believe that building quality in design is by integrating this consumer voice. Unless you reach to the consumers, unless you understand what is the feedback, okay? I, I think you will not be able to, just to give an example, in Marico, we have a, we have taken an initiative which is called as a Dawn to Ducks initiative. Basically, we go to the consumers, we see, okay, from the morning to evening, what they do it, okay, how they cook it, how they prepare the breakfast, what they eat in the breakfast, what they eat, how they fry the oil, and all of things. I think this basic reaching to the consumers, observing the behavior, I think gives, gives a lot of insights. And that's why I think consumer focus excellence is very important. I think the third thing which we continuously kept improving the standard is we continuously do external benchmarking to get its, get an outside in perspective. Now, benchmark is not only related to your industry, but we do also non-related industry. We may be doing right or we may have the expertise in that area. However, it is very important to validate our own system vis-a-vis -vis others. Example, today we have around 30 plus RBNQ train assessors who, has, who are getting that opportunity to assess various industries, right from your business to education to health. And the value which they bring back to the organization is phenomenal. We have a process in place where after everyone goes to this industry, they bring back the best or the next practices. And then there are champions who take it ahead and integrate into a system. We also do a tie-up with uh, experts, universities and other bodies on certain improvement projects. I think one thing which I like to mention is we have created platforms and forums such as Allversity. So as to continuously keep learning and build competencies for the future. And this has helped a lot. The experts talk about their knowledge, share their knowledge. There are questions, there are action plans which are made. I think fifth is having have a process where you continuously integrate your learnings and feedback back into the demand. This is Mariko always has been doing this. And last but not the least, I firmly believe technology intervention helps to democratize systems, processes, data, and decision making. I think that's one of the fundamental things which are really different to do it. One thing which I have to say that, and I strongly personally believe it, you can't do today's job with yesterday's method and be in business tomorrow. So change and evolve. And that's the mantra we call it. This is the value of experience, uh, Banaji, that when we speak to people who yeah, have no. I mean, it all comes out in a very simple, fluid. It's crazy what he said at the end. I mean, you can't expect yesterday's, uh, you know, methods for today's <laughs> problems to, to, to survive tomorrow. I mean, wow. We went across uh, all the dimensions of time. Amazing. Wow. I mean, listening to you is just, just wonderful. I, I mean, the last 10 years, I can tell you, you know, I mean, 10, no, now how many? No, it's, yeah, almost 10 to 12 years that, uh, you know, I've been serving as an examiner and a judge at, at uh, Qualtech Awards. And, and let me tell you, I was never disappointed with, uh, you know, Marico's uh, presentations, Marico, whether you win the award or no, that's, that's, that's not the point. There's always something to look on to. You know, we always look up to, and we love to watch the, the innovations and inventions and of course the, the improvement, you know, and always Suresh Lula's sir keeps saying, you know, left brain, right brain. And, and uh, I think Mariko feels in beautiful. And listen to you right now, I just, just 
you know, this, this thought crossed my mind that suppose you, you know, you, I mean, right now you, you've gone through all this last 26 years, but looking back, I know you don't want to look back, but suppose you're going to start your career all over again, you know, would you do anything differently or what would you do differently? Was there any, any event or epoch making thing that you would, dis, you know, define which you would like to uh, mention, which changed, or you, you would have done something differently, anything that you could think of? Yeah, I think Balaji, I think one thing is very important if I reflect back and I think base, I want to share some of my experience, some of my learnings as I reflect back and some of the learnings to the youngsters also who are becoming authority professionals. I think the biggest thing and I will revolve around a mindset, okay, change. I think first is it's something don't be reactive, thinking that what is the problem and what is the solution. Don't think that. Instead of that, be creative. When I mean creative, what are the possibilities and the bigger purpose? I think that's the first part I think is very, very important. Reactive to a creative. The second part, I feel change the mindset from a fix that uh, it talks about that. I'm not great at this. I will avoid the challenges. To a growth mindset. Okay. And that's what is a growth mindset. It is all about, I will learn from the mistakes to gain new skills. And will not repeat the same mistakes again. So very, very important from a fixed to a growth mindset. Uh, I think third thing, which I personally believe a lot in this is from an expert mindset. Yes, I that I know already this. I know I have all the answers for this. To shift from an expert mindset to a curious mindset, to a child mindset. What is a child? He is very curious. He asks many questions. So it's a curious mindset. And you have a lot of questions. And this is where your learning will happen. Okay. This will help you to learn more. I think fourth, personally, I also believe strongly is a protective mindset. Okay. That is something which uh, it's like, I need to stop something from happening. That's given. I think look for an opportunity. From a protective mindset, look for an opportunity. I could make something great happen. I think that's very important. And one mindset which always we have in an organization uh, is that interaction with consumers is only R&D and marketing. No, that's not. Change. One should continuously and personally interact with your consumers. I think that will give a tremendous value okay, to your process. And I think I always believe that okay, in an organization, you should have an owner's mindset and not a tenant's mindset. Think. You are the owner of an organization. You are the owner of a company. You are not a tenant of that company. The moment you make these changes in your mindset, I think things will be different. And I was listening to Gary Kirsten the other day. He was in one of our sales conference, basically. I think he said wonderfully some words. During the World Cup, Indians were wearing the jersey. And what the change did he use it? He put basically the India thing first and the name back. And what he said, basically, that India comes first. And then you are there. The similar way if you have to relate to organization, organization comes first. Okay. And then you. That's some message which I reflect back and I want to give to the new quality professionals. Wow. I mean, you know, when, when I heard you just say that you, know, you should be curious and, and, and like a child, you know, I remember one of the, I think I saw in one of the videos, this famous, of course, along with Dr. Juran, W. Edwards Deming, who said something like that, that he never gave any excuses uh, for learning. He said, may I not learn, you know, and he, he never gave any, uh, he, he was an unabashed, you know, 
learner. He said that, you know, I have what, what I learned in the last four days of my life, you know, I've not learned in the last 40 years of my life. So that learning thing, I think, was, was fantastic that you spoke of. And of course, when you said here that the mindset, you know, has to change. And uh, we need to consider ourselves as a part of the greater whole. And I'm very, very sure that, you know, the processes and the systems that you have in Marico, because I've seen when your employees come and, you know, make their presentations, it, it's not that they're, because nowadays we've done it very crisp. If you know, we changed our format, right? In five minutes, you know, uh, come and present. And I've seen that they are so, they, they're not rattling off something. They're doing it from the heart. And so it, it, they can bring out what, what, they, what, what exactly they're trying to tell us that this is how, you know, this is how we perform our uh, work at Quipron. Uh, by the way, you know, you know, taking the award or something like this. It's never that they're doing it for the award. So that that's amazing. Yeah, Anshuman, I mean, I don't know. You can mesmerize by what he said. Just a quick reminder to all those who are quite a few, both on LinkedIn and YouTube and a few on Twitter as well. Uh, we are live, open to live questions. You can post your questions in or send it them to me. I curate the questions in about five to 10 minutes from now so that we can quiz Shellish's mind on his thoughts on quality. Moving on uh, from, you know, and something in the last five minutes, you said, and Banaji, you also highlighted this need for learning and, you know, it almost indicates new skills. And like every profession, quality profession has also changed and should change. Uh, all, there is, Shalish uh, mentioned earlier, the, uh, the influx of technology into quality and, and many similar things. So what I just wanted to ask maybe is that from where you see quality Shalish and everybody's vantage point is different, but this is about your vision and you lead quality for a large global enterprise. What are the new skills that a quality professional should aspire to learn? And, and it's, of course, there are some reinforcement skills that, you know, they all, always knew but need to revise, that's also welcome. But the question is around what should today's quality professional, young, middle, old, you know, older, senior, what should we aspire to learn in your words? I think one thing comes out very clearly as uh, quality has evolved. I think one should master the art of taking intelligent risks. And for I think what is intelligent risks is all about opportunities for which the gain uh, outweighs the potential harm or the loss to the basically organization. So you should develop that wisdom through continuous learning, building up your capability in that area and have a complete know-how of the subject. I think master the art of taking intelligent risks. That's one part. I think second, I personally believe is a smart is a new norm. So integration of technology in a quality management system so learn new technologies like AI, IoTs, virtual reality, augmented reality, and see where these technologies can be applied and integrated. I believe that gone are the days of defect identification. Even gone are the days of defect prevention. Today, it is a world of defect prediction. And I think uh, these new technologies can be a great enabler in uh, QMS. The third thing, I think today, many of the companies which I see, more or less, they are spent time in handling complaints, reworking, and so on. I feel that the solution to this is lean consumption. And what is this lean consumption? I think it's, it's, a, it's a lean consumption is a process where your, your customer spends time, okay, but don't get the value. 
just revamp your operations to eliminate this spent time. And just to give an analogy, just relate uh, to lean consumption. I have personally experienced this. I've been regularly doing my servicing of my car and it all starts off calling the service center, taking appointment, taking a car to the service center. Then you have to wait for the executive to come and he will fill the form. He'll inspect your car. Then he will note down all the false services to be done. Again, fill the form. Post, then he will call you the next day to pick up your car. He will suggest he will suggest to do a test run. Again, fill the form. Then move to the billing. Wait in the line. Okay. And then go to the security gate to get the gate pass. And then finally, you drive down the car. Just look into this entire process. As a customer, okay, I've realized there are certain steps that are, which are not valuating to me. I've wasted my time. So I think it is very important if the, if the organization realizes this, okay, if they can eliminate certain steps, if they can merge something, okay, it will be a different experience to the customer. Because it's all about, I think, organizations to give the customers what they want, where they want it, and when they want it. I think that's the biggest step which we should take it. Very well said. I think um, something you said, Celeste, you know, I can relate to my industry. I mean, the IT industry and we've, we've seen this move to prediction for, uh, for some years now. Customers are not interested in the fact that, oh, my network went down, my server went down, my system went down and you repaired it in two minutes, right? Remotely, which was a delight factor 10 years ago that, oh, my network, my ATM network went down, my something network went down. Today, many networks on, have a need for 100% uptime. They cannot go down because they are supporting airlines, ATMs, and so many other things. So there is no concept of Six Sigma downtime for them. They, they just have zero downtime expectation. So in that case, whatever you do in terms of bringing the network back and uh, in time is a few seconds more than what was expected. And what is expected is zero. So the only way is to predict the um, uh, failures, data test centers. Today, many people in the audience and you all, I'm sure, aren't aware that a lot of what we do is sitting on the cloud, including this live session that is happening is actually being managed through a cloud. What if that cloud data center goes down for five seconds during the live stream? The live stream dis disrupted and nobody would know, right? So... The, there are now methods to predict, and that is the new quality that, okay, this data center has a problem. Preventive maintenance has indicated that these areas could be down. A very popular example, you know, Netflix does something called chaos monkey, which is a very IT term for creating disruption in your servers to take something down. You are actually taking something down and then seeing what happens. So uh, these are technologies, uh, these are methods available in other industries today. And I often see that, you know, what you were saying was exactly the same thing, but in a completely different industry. So the wisdom is not very isolated. The connections are possibly difficult. But so moving on very quickly, um, I think Banaji, before we go to, um, I think toward the next question, if you permit, I will take an audience question just yeah. to... Break the, break the pattern and audience question from Devashish. His question is, of course, towards the, so question is, as a leader, what have you unlearned over the years? 
So, Shale, th- thankfully, this question is only to you, not to Balaji and me. <laughs> what have you unlearned over the years? Yeah, I think very important. I think, and I think thanks, Debashish. Okay, and Debashish, I work with Debashish basically. Uh, I think what what I have unlearned is, I think one important thing which very clearly comes out to my mind is, I think you can't take customers for the granted. Okay, you can't take your end customers for your granted. I think it is it is something which you design your processes and systems in such a way that at the end of the day, only keep basically your consumers in the mind, your customers in the mind. You can't play with them. Okay, whether it is you, you can't play with their emotions, we can't play with them. I think it is very important. Okay, you think of them always, and something which I always believe that that should be in the top of the mind. Okay, so thank Devashis for your question, Banerjee. Over to you. Yeah, about your journey throughout quantity, some of the accolades that you have received. One of them was being, you know, on the panel of Ramakrishna Bajaj National Quality Award. So how, how, I mean, how enriching has that been? Because, you know, there you can look at other industries also. As they have been, you always looked at, you just said you believe in external benchmarking. So has there been any such instance where in, you know, across industry, you learn something specific? Or, you know, something that you had never, you would have never imagined if, uh, were you only restricted to, you know, doing things in your kind of industry? Was there any such experience that you had? And if so, uh, what was the journey? I think one thing which, I, as I said to you, and to SLM, basically, as we go and assess a uh, lot of other companies, okay, I think related and non-related is very important. And what we also, we, some of them had visited opportunity to visit the healthcare industry and the education industry. I think one thing we learned is something which is the perfection and the meticulous data management, okay, especially in a healthcare industry, how sensitive uh, a healthcare industry is to any infection, okay, because finally you play with your patients. I think the sensitivity with respect to the infection management protocol, which they have it, I think very, very important, okay, when I relate to my end consumers, I think the consumer safety becomes very important. Patient safety becomes very important when you go to a hospital, okay? The same way when we have a FMCG product, when we have our products, okay? It is very important. The product safety plus a part plays a very important role. And that is something, the, 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 the level of detailing which they have, the level of systems and processes which they have, I think that was one of the best practices which we captured it and integrate into the safety. Always think, okay, what can go wrong, okay, in your product? It's not the simple, okay, making a product, making a formulation. I think there are a lot of nuances which can happen and what can go wrong in your product from a safety angle is very important. Yeah, that was, you know, that's what you know, that's that's what, now when, uh, when you, when uh, I spoke about Netflix, I was reminded of the famous statement by Dr. Jura and we are living behind quality dikes here, you know. And right now it's impacting lives. I mean, when you said that you cross, you know, the cross learning that took place with the medical industry, that's what even Dr. Paragrindani was saying, you know, we, we are quizzed on the same thing that when you make a mistake, you know, when people, you know, engineers like Anshuman and myself make a mistake, okay, at the most with the machine will shut down for some time and we can start it again. But <laughs> there you can't, you're, you're playing with a life, you can't just... Uh, so there's too much at stake. I think that that's one of the amazing benchmarks that we can look at, you know, the health industry and the way, and I think the way they responded in this pandemic and, you know, keeping everything aside. And I mean, the way we've, we've come back, I mean, of course, touch wood, I hope these things just remain as they are. 
but it's been, it's been phenomenal, you know, how the healthcare uh, industry has really responded. So yeah, I think that, that was, that was amazing. Yeah. And Shuman. <laughs> Ganeshan is asking is quality and cost. Is quality and cost on the race. Why to predict defective quality standards are well established? <clears throat> oh, this is ouch kind of a question. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm sure what Ganeshan is trying to say is that if you have a well-established quality standards, why do you need to then get into an additional practice of trying to predict quality failure? So, tell us your views. Yeah. In fact, Ganeshan, I think what rightly uh, you said is why to predict defect if quality standards are well-established. I think I, I personally believe that your quality standards, when they are def defined or they are established, I think one is the compliance to the standards, okay, the robust compliance to the standards. And that I feel is the hygiene now, okay, that's given, okay. The compliance is given and any organization has to comply to the quality standards. But it is very important, your consumers, your customers are dynamic. Their expectations are ever changing, okay, and getting influenced by the entire environment, okay. They may find out something which you may not be able to find out. So why your customers have to find out first? Why not you as an organization find out, predict that this can go wrong? Okay. Finally, if something has to go wrong, your customers, your consumers definitely will find out. So I personally believe, okay, while you have standards established, prediction is very important. Okay. Because before your customers finds out, before you lose your customer, I think you find out, you just repair it, you just work it out and fix it. Uh, and predict that this can go wrong. So finally, your customers get delighted. Yeah. Thanks, Alish. Then I send some quick comment on the question as well. You know, almost all standards help you be in the race. They don't help you win the race. Right. So yeah. it is extremely important still. And, and if standards were enough, we would not find anybody down with COVID. We, do, we would not find any airplanes going down. We would not find any ATMs going down because there are standards in place. Life happens and a lot of quality is also about when that happens, how quickly do you respond and can you prevent, predict and make sure that this does not happen. That's where uh, most of the quality profession's value is. Otherwise, you can we can all say that, you know, if operations is working perfectly, Actually, quality profession is not required. If everything was working perfect, uh, perfectly, our profession is the first one, which is not required because nothing to maintain, nothing to improve, right? But that's not the case. And so I hope I, I do get the intent of your questions and thank you for your question, Ganeshan. Hope Chalish's response was useful. So my, my thing is, I think the future of the quality, as I strongly believe, is digitalization. So, and when I mean by digitalization, all these things helps a self-induced correction. I think that's very, I think the second part, which I always believe and which Mariko always has focused is shifting our focus from a control, basically from a process operators to a process de designers. I think that's very important. And the word process designers are important. And machines are learning basically. So self-regulate quality and productivity. And then that word, which is very important, self-regulate quality and productivity. And I think most important element is basically from a human's uh, angle, Focus on system design. Basically, your system design and integration has to be the basis. So, natural, I think tools like uh, AI, big data, machine learning, blockchain, whatever, uh, data science, I think they are, and enabling techniques are very important. And that's the future of the quality. 
Okay, that's uh, where I earlier I said it's a smart. Okay, we have to move towards the smart working, and quality four is all about that only. So the earlier the you integrate, the better for your organization. And my 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 suggestion will be basically just understand your processes and try to filling the gaps. Basically, understand the gaps where you. And I'm sure this technology will definitely help you uh, uh, you in doing this. Okay. Sure. Thank, thanks, Salish. One last question and then we wrap up. Uh, Sachin wanted to know anything in terms of how do you handling, how do you handle expectations of internal customers, right? So, of course, a lot of quality focuses on external customers, but we all know that quality is made by internal customers. So, anything on this? So, I think, thanks, Sachin. I think it's important for my internal customers, uh, okay, you should have platforms for this interactions with these customers. I think and from a first, it starts with the organization clarity. I think that there should be a complete clarity. Okay, where does the, uh, what is the vision of the organization? What is the mission of our organization? I think if that is clearly defined, okay, the purpose is clearly defined and it is cascaded at all the, uh, I think the internal customers in your value chain has a one common understanding. What's the vision? What's the mission? Having said that, and then you can build up on creating, okay, platforms, forums, okay, to interact with them and understand basically from what they expect and what we deliver. What is the key success metrics for them as they look uh, for, forward, okay? I, I think um, uh, that's very important. So the starting point is, is very important is that everyone should align to a common goal, okay? If that is aligned, then the expectation from your external, internal customers can be very well understood. Thanks, Shalesh. Shalesh, as always, you know, a pleasure talking to you. Both Balaji and I enjoyed the conversation Absolutely. and, of course, learned a lot from you. And I'm sure many people in the audience, hundreds of people would have learned uh, uh, from you. And uh, there are quite a few now comments pouring in. Thanks, Praveen, Ganeshan, Raman, Jananand, Devashish, uh, once again. Um, uh, thanks for your presence, uh, Devashish. And many more comments pouring in. I can't name everybody, but I'm you can rest assured that I do acknowledge on behalf of Kimpro and Balaji, your presence uh, is much valued. Please do attend our future Thanks. shows. Uh, the next show will be in approximately about a month from now. And uh, we'll feature another leading qualitist. With that, uh, on behalf of Kimpro and the entire quality fraternity, I thank Salish uh, and my co-host uh, Balaji. See you later. Thank you very much.